0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts.
1: Hello, welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. I'm your host, Bill Bymel. On today's episode, we're going to interview Edward Brown. He is a investor relations Executive at Pacific Private Money. They are a non QM lender based in California and they lend in multiple states. Around the U.S., today's tidbit will be non-QM, and that stands for non-qualified mortgage. Remember, the real tidbit series uh, is part of our podcast. We'll take a moment to, through as many of our episodes as possible to take five, ten minutes to talk about something related to the mortgage or real estate finance world, what it means, why it's important. Today's real tidbit is non-QM. You'll hear that referenced into. In today's conversation, and you may hear it more out in the world because a non-QM mortgage is a non-qualified mortgage. What happened in, after the last mortgage crisis in 2008 was that, that financiers and the federal government that regulates mortgages realized that there was a gray area in the world of mortgages. There were these no-document, no-income loans. We used to call them noni loans. You know, you used to make the joke that anyone with a pulse, could get a mortgage back in 2006, 2007. And those mortgages got bundled into mortgage-backed securities and sold off like they were quality bank paper. And so one of the ways that the government, after the last mortgage crisis in 2008, one of the ways that they wanted to curb this was to create a a clear delineation between government-backed, government-insured, qualified mortgages Mortgages, that stuff that could sell to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or. FHA, VA, the Ginny Mae system, qualified mortgages were mortgages that were, are highly regulated and that met a certain level of underwriting criteria that is very out in the open, certain credit scores, certain you can't get a qualified mortgage without an income and tax returns. And so it really specified that, you know, to, to raise the level of of those qualified mortgages. And when you look at it over the last 14 years, actually, the quality and credit of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac mortgages has increased quite a bit since the last downturn. So you're not going to see a mortgage crisis in the qualified mortgage world, where you might see some issues is in the non-QM space. But we're not going to get into that in today's podcast. What we are going to do is talk about one specific type of non-QM loan, which Is the owner occupied bridge loan. Or, you know, we can also, any type of hard money loan would fall into the non QM space. A non QM mortgage is for someone who might be a business owner that doesn't file W 2 regular tax returns, doesn't show a lot of income, but has does have a lot of income, maybe just doesn't show so personally, that's who non-qualified mortgages are meant for. Perhaps you're a foreign national. You've got, so you don't have an American credit score, but you've got the income and you want to buy a house. Well, you go and get a non-QM mortgage. So the non-QM mortgage space and non-QM refers to all the private lending that exists out in the mortgage world, stuff that is either funded by non-bank Institutional investors or private investors, or in the case of our guest today, he's raised a fund to specifically target non QM. Borrowers. So, today's guest is Edward Brown. That was our real tidbit, non-QM. If you like what you hear on the podcast, we ask you to stay a, a loyal listener, and I'm looking for reviews. So, if you're listening, please log in and review this pod. Today's guest is Edward Brown. We're going to spend about 20 minutes listening to a conversation I had with him. He For over 20 years, Edward Brown was CEO of a $40 million alternative lending company based in Marin County, California. Today, he he is investor relations per Pacific Private Money. He handles all of their capital raising and investor presentations. He's also a high net worth individual himself and a real estate investor. Edward is also the host of two radio shows: The Best of Investing with Mark Hamph and Sports Econ One Hundred and One, a national sports and business show. His passion to be an educator within the financial and investing space has led to numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers, and many appearances on CNN, on Your Money, Ask the Expert. His expertise has also led him into the courtroom, where he's been hired as an expert witness on numerous court cases. Edward has a BS in accounting and MS in taxation from Golden Gate University. He's had multiple Series 7 licenses. He's been around the block quite a bit. And today, he's going to talk about a product that they have, which I think is very unique, owner-occupied bridge loans. Those that are looking to make a transition and maybe don't have the cash on hand or don't want to be forced into selling their primary current residence while they're fixing up and moving into the new one. That's what the Pacific Private Money Group is offering, a special non-QM owner-occupied bridge loan. And we're going to hear from Edward Brown right now about his product. Edward Brown, thank you for being with me today on the Real Estate Lowdown. Thank you, Bill, for having me. So you have a very interesting product in the market right now. You know, as I introduced you there, you have a long history of different backgrounds. But tell me about your Pacific Freedom Fund. Is that what you call it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pacific Private Money has been around for a number of years. I've been in the investment and real estate business since the early 80s. We interesting thing specifically about our Pacific Freedom Fund is we found a specialized niche. We're one of the few licensed private lenders in California to do owner-occupied consumer bridge loans. We're not the only ones, but there's a lot of companies that do fix and flip and that sort of thing. And they just don't have the wherewithal to do the owner-occupied consumer bridge loans. You know, it takes a lot of money to enter that space, you know, the legal, continuing education, licensing, software, et cetera. You know, and if you're a regular fix and flip lender, you know, you say, why do I need to enter this space? I'm making enough money doing here. I don't want to spend eighty dollars to $100,000. Well, we decided to take that leap. And within all of our funds, I would not be surprised if we do over a billion dollars this year. I mean, I think we may be the largest in the country to do, Wow. Yeah. Now, our Freedom Fund, we went from zero to $40 million in a few short years. Primarily, this fund, originally what had happened, we didn't even have the fund. What we had was a bank line of credit for $2 million. And it worked out great. You know, We would fund loans and we'd have clients invest, et cetera, and uh, we'd pay back the loan. And one day the bank woke up and said, you know what, guys, it's been fun. You've done a great job. But by December of, I think, 2017 or 18, they said, you know, we're just in this space anymore. So you're going to have to pay off the loan and find another lender. Well, there aren't too many banks that will lend to other lenders. So Mark, the president of the company, Mark Honk, Mm -hmm. decided to go to the law firm that he deals a lot with and says, you know, is there any reason why I couldn't start a new fund? To just do like act like a line of credit. So we started this thing called the Pacific Freedom Fund, where we're primarily funding loans, primarily bridge loans, and then we have four or five very large hedge fund, Wall Street type companies that absolutely love our loans because they're very conservative, low loan to value. There's a quick exit strategy, etc. So they'll that we have buyers already lined up for our loans. So. Our fund right now is about $42 million just in that fund. Mm -hmm. The beauty of it, and again, I've been in this business a long time. I used to have my securities license and, you know, everybody tries to pitch you about why you should sell your fund, et cetera. But imagine this, you know, I'll tell you ahead of time, the two catches are one, you have to be an accredited investor. Mm -hmm. And the other part is the minimum we're really trying to stay with is a $250,000 minimum. We have allowed people to put in as little as 150 with the wink, wink, nod, nod, I'm probably going to go over the 250, but I want to test the waters, and that's fine. right. But here's the beauty of it: is if someone invests 250,000, we're paying them seven percent. There's no load going in or out, of course. The, but the best part of it is it's fairly liquid. All you have to do is give us 30 days' notice to get your money back. Wow. So it's a great holding period until you decide I'm going to you know, buy this stock or bond or this real estate, you know, I've just got to have this money. And right now bank money market accounts are paying, you know, 0.1%, maybe 1% now they've raised. We have such demand for our product to the tune of at least 15 million a week in loans that we can fund that we are deciding that we're willing to pay. If people put in 500,000, we'll pay them 8%. And if they put in a million or more, Wow. Now that that brings our profit down, but you know, if you you work off the numbers off the volume and it's fine. And it was interesting about two weeks ago, there was a gentleman who had called and said, you know, I've been kind of watching you guys for about two years and I just had never invested with you, but I I think you guys are legitimate. So he came in, he told us ahead of time He said, you know, I understand you're going to pay me 9% on a million dollars. I would like to invest a million right off the bat. Okay, but he says I want to meet you in person, and I said, yeah, of course. You don't want to just no, <laughs> we, we, you know, maybe you guys run this thing out of a station wagon or something, right? So no, we have a legitimate company, you know, legitimate brick and mortar. And so he he came, met with me, liked what he heard. Son of a gun! If he didn't write a check for three million right on the spot, wow. and four, four days later he said, you know, I've been rethinking this, and I'm going to add another million. So he's got, and he hasn't even received his first check yet. So. Wow. We pay every single month, and you can either take the check or you can reinvest it for
1: mm-hmm. a compounded
0: yield. So, you know, if, you're, if you're, he's paying, you're getting nine percent. Uh, that probably adds another what, fifty basis points, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I tell me where in today's market you can get over, you know, nine percent or more, right? With liquidity, no fluctuation of principal, and it's all backed by the loans. But here's the beauty of it: we really, don't have a chance to have the loans go bad because we're selling them right off to wall street
1: right i have a ton of questions for you edward sure, it's very exciting stuff the loan the 40 million that's in the fund right now is really almost bridge money in, in itself it's just Correct. acting as it and so uh, you have to as the manager of this one i'm assuming this is an evergreen structure is that what yeah right. and do you have a fund admin that does, that goes, that deals, or do you internally make the payments every month here, or do you have a whole separate third party that does that?
0: So in our other funds, we had a third party, or we have a third party, but we've outgrown them. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the process of finding a different, we think we found wow. a different company. And this specific fund, we actually do the management ourselves. It's It's one of those things where, you know, you can, you have total control and you can sure. do that.
1: Let's talk about the products, the, the actual loans that you're making. Yeah. Now you said California. Is that the only state that you're making loans in?
0: No, we, we branched out. We have a lot of brokers now around the country, primarily California, because that's where we're home-based and that's where most of our business is. But our typical situation is where homeowner owns a house, let's say free and clear. In fact, I just got one literally two days ago. Homeowner, they're... Kind of in the semi-retirement portion of their life, they own their house free and clear, worth two point four million dollars. They are they want to sell it, but they wanted to make an aggressive offer on downsizing a little bit for a property at a million between a million seven to a million eight fifty, right? So what we're going to end up doing, their FICO score is in the eight hundreds, and they have six hundred thousand dollars liquid. But they may want to like remodel the new house or, or fix up the old house, that sort of thing. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to lend them the entire million to buy the new house very, very quickly. And we're going to be a first mortgage on both properties. Mm-hmm. So we're cross-collateralizing. Mm-hmm. So our loan to value is less than 50%. And we give them 11 months to pay this off, which is more than enough time, because most people will want to sell their property. They don't want to you know, have a mortgage if they don't have to, right? Because as soon as sure. they sell their two-point dollar house, they're just going to pay us off or, or you know, and a, or, or get a new loan with a with a regular bank. But we have the advantage, obviously, because we can work a lot faster because, you know, we don't have 11 levels of approval like that. Sure, sure.
1: And these are one-year terms? To, one-year balloons? Well, 11, to
0: your... 11 months.
1: Mm-hmm. We have to do it less than a year to fit
0: compliance for Dodd-Frank. Oh, and then after 11 months, what ends up happening, it, it's it's very rare when it happens But when it does, we have just extended and we don't charge them more points. We just uh, have them pay like a a reapplication fee. Mm
1: -hmm. And what are they paying for this uh, rate coupon wise?
0: Right now in today's market, they're paying in the mid to high 9% with between a point and a half to two points. But
1: okay. there's no prepayment power. Well, it's not bad enough, you know. So you, it's just a small spread, but it's enough to make it worthwhile when you're doing it. You're on
0: million a week or so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you come up against situations like not everybody owns free and clear? So you know, you, sometimes you, you know, the more common scenario would be that what you said, where you've got the two million dollar house with a $500,000 mortgage on it. And then right. you've got them wanting to buy this other house for a million eight. So um, we'll
0: do is We'll be a second mortgage on their current house and a first on the, on the okay, uh, target start, property. So. Yeah. And as long as we're, we were doing loans around the 70% combined loan to value, yeah. you know, with the market changing a little bit, I think we're probably closer to 65%. That was but my it's next a case question. Basic.
1: That was my next question is, is, you know, where do you, where could things go wrong as an investor? I mean, if I'm an investor looking at your fund, you know, I see that real estate values are turning, you know, days on the market are increasing, you know, w- where could things go wrong here?
0: Boy. Okay. So we, we sell these loans off every two to three weeks. Mm. So it's really not our problem anymore. We do have some buyback provision. So if a loan goes South, there are some buybacks that we have to do, but our underwriting is so it's, it's strict, but it's fast. I mean, right. again, we can think outside the box. So, you know, if somebody has got a, a, a 640 FICO We'll still treat them like they had, you know, a seven forty FICO. Right. Uh, but we have to look at. We look at the story holistically. You know, yeah. does it make sense? Where's the exit strategy? So, how things could go wrong? If we had something ten times worse than the Great Recession, and it happened. Within a month, right? you know, I mean, I, I may mean, I know I'm a little bit ridiculous, but, you know, a lot of people talk about the crash. It really wasn't a crash. It was a long, prolonged decline Correct. of about three years, you know. So we were out of these loans very quickly, you know, and, and most people are not going to walk away from that much equity.
1: Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. It's really, really interesting stuff. So there's really two sides to your story that you're really talking about here, which is, one, for an investor that has at least $250,000 to invest that will meet the accreditation requirements, you have an evergreen fund that clips a coupon with monthly payments at 7 to 9% depending upon the size of your investment. And on the other side, if you're a homeowner in what states besides California as well?
0: oh gosh i you know I'd have to look at that but we're we're expanding it consistently so, yeah.
1: so in, a, in a couple I'd of states no. you I guess you people could go to your website right what is that yeah. specific
0: com. By the way, you're doing a good sales job for me. I
1: know. To- I don't even know why I'm selling for you. I, like, <laughs> I, I get no commission here. No, I'm trying to. Po- I'm trying to poke some holes in it because I'm trying to look for you know like where where things could go wrong. I am all about alternative financing and uh, <clears throat> what I find very interesting. Is that you've been able to, you know, in a state as highly regulated as California exactly. is, yeah. where they're consumer oriented in, in you know, in, in so many ways, the, one of the highest regulations in the country, yeah. that you have been able to create a fund that really does create a win-win. Because there are these, you know, uh, homeowners out there with huge amounts of equity. They don't, you know, it's a tricky game trying to buy and sell your primary residence.
0: It, and you, it, it you really yeah,
1: open I, up, you know, opportunities. It
0: took a long time to get our first buyer of these loans. You know, they put us through the ringer. You, you can only imagine how, how complicated it was. We put together a $100 million offering for them a few years ago and apparently i guess we were the first one that ever used blockchain that's kind of beyond my pay grade but
1: you're using blockchain is that what is that what you're doing well
0: we, we did. they did they did i don't think it really had much yeah. to do with us it had to do with <laughs> the buyers but anyway uh, like i said i mean we're just kind of you know normal companies that do normal loans yeah I, one thing that just popped into my head about like what could go wrong okay so we have four to five buyers right now of our loans where we actually have contracts i mean they literally have to buy the loans if mm-hmm. they fit their criteria mm-hmm. so what could go wrong okay all five of them could break their contracts and say we're not going to buy these loans right so that means that we actually have to portfolio them but they're only 11 month loans right. so that if somebody wanted their money out right away they might they might have to wait longer than 30 days i mean generally uh, to be transparent about this i've had a lot of money with them personally mm-hmm. and there are times when not only me but other people have said hey my, my you know my daughter's getting married or i'm buying a house myself and it's taken us less than two weeks to cash them out wow because remember we're flipping this money over right. every two to three weeks we're selling these loans we who's who's the portfolio
1: manager there is that you edward or is there others uh, involved?
0: No, no i i'm in investor relations that would be you know our, our Top guys at the company themselves. And so, what we do, one thing I wanted to mention is that be, when we sell, let's say, five million dollars worth of loans to, I'll just say Wall, I'll just call it Wall Street. When we sell it to Wall Street, when we get that money back, the first thing we do is we say, Has anybody asked for a redemption? Mm-hmm. If they have, then we fulfill that. If not, okay, then we put it back on the conveyor belt and do some more loans.
1: Right, right, exactly. And I guess that's also the only other risk if I'm looking at it personally as an investor is who's the guy, you know, that's balancing the portfolio because you're paying a coupon whether or not you've got that money to work or not, but you've also got to keep money in place to originate new loans and to pay investor, you know,
0: I have a, I am a high net worth person myself. So what I've done is if, if there's been a situation where the fund itself, even though it's $40 million has needed substantial amount of money, let's say to fund a loan, right? I've helped them out. I've basically given them, I've been like their credit uh, myself so that happens too oh, so there's a couple um, no,
1: of edward brown sitting around supporting yeah. the, the fund too. <laughs> yeah, okay it, it, good
0: it's been a very good relationship and you know literally for 20 years i kept saying no to various companies that you know wanted me to sell their fund for them because yeah. i looked like yeah. i could holes in it all the way and you know and this is not fdic insured guarantee but the houses, you know, everybody needs a place to live. And as long as the real estates, and again, you know, Wall Street doesn't just throw money at this thing like it's nothing. There are pretty strict parameters, you know, like no loans that are more than $3 million to one borrower. Mm. Or there, there may be certain areas like, you know, oh, we're not going to do Southern California desert type. one. Well, okay, well, then that's you know, we, we either won't do that loan or we'll, we'll do the loan and sell it off to one of our other funds. The interesting thing you mentioned about like you do have to balance it, that's absolutely true. In our case, right now, we have so much demand for product and we don't have enough money. And that's why we're willing to pay what we, 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 what we are. I'm one of the managers of a different fund that's a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And in that case, we have too much money, not enough deals. So I stopped. I put the spigot on I, I for that reason I I cannot pay people interest if the money is sitting in a money market account like at at a bank at 1%. Sure. Sure. And so people said, "Hey, I'd like to invest a million dollars with you in that fund, that other fund." I said, "No." Right. right. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to let you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, but this one right now we have we have uh, we have a lot of room to grow. And again, at some point that may change. Right. But so we'll know that it's not going to be like an overnight time situation.
1: No. And I, and I get it. And it's it's just so interesting because as a new fund manager myself, you know, we looked at all the various formats and, You know, a closed end fund with a two year lockup was really the minimum way that I could I could make my make it all work. You know, we've talked about Evergreen. We've talked about 90 day redemptions, things like that, maybe as I grow. But it's a it's a whole nother game. And this product makes sense. It makes sense. And it sounds like you've got some good partners there at Pacific Private Money. And take your PPM hat off and tell me where you think the real estate market is going in the next six to 12 months.
0: Okay, nationwide?
1: Well, you can speak nationwide or you can speak about pockets of the country if you'd like.
0: Okay. So nationwide, it's interesting. It looks like there is kind of a shift. Things have slowed down. Some people apparently are canceling contracts for houses yeah. because the rates have gone up. They can't afford it, which is kind of interesting. I'm going to just for just a second put on, put on the hat again.
1: Right. So
0: that, that question comes up. Hey, well, what's going to happen with you guys if, if things slowed down? Well, you know, there has been a slowing, but in our case, it's actually been growing for two reasons. One, people are having a little bit of harder harder time getting qualified with the real bank. Right. And also- Mortgage companies have been laying people off. So right. we're getting to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Right. And so there's a lot more deal flow for us personally. But yeah. that being said, as long as we don't have an overnight crash, I mean, I do think that the market is slowing down. The interesting situation, like even in California, where you know we lost a Senate seat because of, of a little bit of demigration, right. as they call it. The the problem is, you know, the powers that be put such restrictions on on building, you know, the, they call them nimby's, right? Not in my backyard, right? And even though they want, on in, oh, we want more housing, they don't make it friendly, right? And so everybody, the, the main thing that I look at, everybody needs a place to live, and I don't care what my circumstances are. I'm not going to live in a tent, you know. Yeah. I'll either live in an apartment or a smaller house, etc. Right? So there, there's always going to be a need, and as long as yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I think about how, you know, with these open borders, we have, you know, millions of people coming across and, and, and one side of me says, you know what, hey, come on, you know, you really should vet these people. And, and we should, you know, sure. because not everybody's a cartel member, but right. that being said, you really kind of do have to you know, do it legally. You should do it legally. Yeah. On the other side of it, though, I look and I say, all these people need a place to live also. It's and good so for the real estate we, business. It, <laughs> Yeah, and it'll be a little bit on the lower end to begin with. Yeah. But you know, all that stuff kind of moves up. So real estate goes in cycles. Yeah. They they always say you can make money in real estate, but you know, it's you really make money when you buy.
1: That's right. You know, make your money, money on the buy. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, again, I don't I don't foresee a big crash happening. And, and I think one of the main reasons, and and you know, God loves the government sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Don Frank, yeah. it, it definitely the pendulum swung. What we had in 2008 was more of a credit situation, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody just breathe fog a mirror, and you can get a loan. That's not smart. Nowadays, you really do have to qualify. So I would hope that the government would not loosen too much, so that they would go back to saying, "Oh yeah, hey, we're just going to give everybody money to buy a house no matter right. what," and, and then you know,
1: no, no,
0: prices yeah. to go up and then fall.
1: Right. We certainly know the QM mortgage market is not going to be the disruptor this time around and uh, what a very interesting i really appreciate your insight edward it's been great knowing getting to know you i look forward to talking with you on your podcast and having you back on because we should definitely check in at least twice a year on how things are going so. and,
0: and who knows maybe our other fund the one that, that we turn the spigot off we start opening up the spigot again we'll, we'll talk about that
1: that's right thank you edward it was good okay. to talk <laughs> well thank you so much for